Welcome to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano. Hello everybody and welcome back to another edition of the Roma Press Podcast. I hope you're all doing very, very well today. Uh, not going to waste time. Um, I'm going to bring Andy on. Uh, just real quick, I would like to welcome our newest patron over at Patreon, Jared Mancini, and you can find Jared on Twitter at Sip Cafe and Instagram at Sip Cafe Boston, which looks like an absolutely fantastic place to take in a, a Roma match. So, Jared, thank you so much for your support. If you too would like to join Jared and become a member of the Roma Patreon group, you can go to patreon.com slash Roma Press or Go to the support page at the top of romapress.net. So without further ado, um, here is Andy. He and I discuss uh, Matteo Politano, a little bit of the result against Juve, um, and some other happenings uh, in the transfer market. Okay, everybody, we are back. Um, Andy, it almost feels like the result against Juve was secondary compared to everything that happened well, I don't want to say that happened off the pitch because it happened on the pitch, but uh, it, it's really hard for me to equate or even put into words the loss of Zaniolo. Um, I'll just let you take it. I tweeted something out that people took exception with. I said, in my opinion, the loss of Zaniolo for the remainder of the season almost has the feeling like the season is lost. Like the season is lost. Now, do I think the season is lost? No, but it was such a like a gut punch um it's really hard to um find the positives in this moment yeah well the positives there aren't any i mean uh, in my opinion this 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 moment that this surreal moment because really uh, uh, an injury of this of this caliber for a player of this caliber is it seems like it, it's surreal um especially for a team like Roma that depends on every single piece of the puzzle to work and it's to me it's a make or break moment you know it's either the season goes down the toilet um and it's just going to to be too much uh for us this year again um, with all these injuries, with all, everything that's been happening, it's going to be too much. Or it can be a great story to tell um, next year. That's, I, I mean, I don't see any any in between, really. Yeah, I, I, again, it, it's really hard to, because it's so fresh. Um, it's not like we're talking a month or two after and we have some evidence as to how much of a loss Zaniolo is. We can talk about his technical aspects. We can talk about the way Fonseca uses him. I think you could easily make the case he is the most important player, or at least the most two to three important players in the team. So clearly, it's a big, big loss. Now, Roma, they bring in Politano. For me, I have never been a big fan of him. I'm just going to say it right out from the start. Um for me, he, he lacks some things from a goal-scoring standpoint. I think he's really lacking in that regard. Um, he can play on the left, as he did in Sassuolo. Obviously, he can play on the right, as he did more at Inter. But for me, I, I don't really know if he can make up for the loss even 50% of what we lost with Zaniolo. Uh, how are your feelings about Politano coming in? For, for me, again, very underwhelming. Well, there is, you know, there is Politano, 
and then there is Politano in a situation like this. Okay, so Politano is not a player that I would pursue in the summer when I'm building uh, the the perfect Roma. That's not a player that I'm looking at. But that's that's definitely one of the players that I'm looking at when there is an emergency. And the other options are Suzo, Puzetto, I guess, <laughs> from what we've been hearing. Um, and then, you know, looking at our bench, we have Under. Uh, Politano is is a player that definitely has a lot of you know a lot of limitations. He's not he's not a perfect player. He's not an outstanding player. You know he's a he's a good player um, and he's a crafty player. And I in his first year at Inter he did he did pretty okay. He did well um, considering that was a big step up for him. But you know I I remember him basically carrying. Sassuolo uh, away from the relegation zone two years ago um, when Sassuolo just went completely nuts with with some terrible signings, uh, uh, terrible coaching changes. I remember they, they, they had Buki for like two or three months and the guy basically put them into relegation um, single-handedly. And and Politano was the only goal scorer there, uh, the only reliable goal scorer. Does that translate to a bigger club? I I don't know. But in in times of need, um, a player that clearly you know has not been on on Conte's agenda because of the formation he uses. He's not a striker for a three five two, and and definitely not a wing back. You know, a la Candreva. Definitely, he he doesn't have what it takes to do that. But. In a team that has, uh, you know, missing wingers and the ones that are available are Perotti and Under, Politano can make the difference. And um, with this extra motivation, with this chip on his shoulder to redeem himself after basically not playing major minutes uh, this year and so far, and um, back at his, you know, boyhood club, the club that he loves, this this can be a positive signing. Um not you know this is not something that I would consider going forward. Uh, you know, a, a, a player for the future. But seriously, what what were the alternatives? I remember the sound you made when when we brought up Suzo last time. So I I really if this was the only man out there, I think this was a good deal. Yeah, the the thing is, and we have to we have to at least admit this. Options were very scarce, very very scarce, and oh for sure. And the yep. only way Roma would be able to bring somebody in is if they sold somebody or a swap deal. So this is where we are. Roma they have to sacrifice somebody like Spinazzola in order to bring somebody like Politano in. Um, they had to make a sacrifice somewhere. So. Again, I, I guess I agree with you in the sense if this was a, hey, Roma need a reinforcement in attack, let's pay 20, 25, 30 million right. euros yep. for yeah, yeah, Politano. Yeah. Like Inter did, like Inter did a, a couple of years right, ago. That's right. what I'm saying. Is th- That's not the move that I would make in the summer. That's a move that I would definitely make in January. Correct. I agree. And obviously the injury to Zaniolo completely changed what they had in mind for January on its head. So 
again, in a very tight spot with limited options, I do think they could have done worse. In, in no way, shape, or form did I want somebody like Suzo. Um, I'm just curious, though, from your standpoint, um, Spinazzola. Roma are now very, very thin in the fullback position. Do you think they will miss him? Because it is, if anybody didn't uh, hear what our, our friend Sandro Austini on uh, La Signora and Gerardo, I'm I don't know how many that are listening to this watch that show, but um, <laughs> not, not, <laughs> uh, not he, many here. <laughs> yeah, so he did say um, the other day that uh, Spinazzola and Fonseca had a little bit of a, I guess you would call it falling out. A falling out. Yeah, yeah, I, I, falling out. yeah, they had a little bit of a falling out recently because Spinazzola was not featuring. So in your mind, how big of a loss is Spinazzola? And now surely they have to do something at the left-back position. I, 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 you know, we, we heard Petraki say that he wants to bring in a midfielder to play alongside Cristante Diawara, Veritu, but I cannot imagine that he would prioritize the midfield over some sort of fullback, right? But, you know, I mean, I, <laughs> what, what can I say? You know, this has been something that we've been saying for the past two years, um, Almost three, really. Um, when we brought in Kolarov and we gave away Emerson in the January transfer market. Since then, uh, Kolarov has been playing every game, basically. Um, he's never had a, a challenge there as to his position. Luca Pellegrini, you know, he, when we had him here, uh, played, I think, like five or six games. Never really convinced. He He always showed signs of immaturity, so... They decided not to go that way. Um, Jonathan Silva was brought in for, I think, two games. Um, Santon, I think, played rarely there. Spinazzola was brought in for big money for uh, Plus Valenza uh, in that deal that included also Pellegrini. Well, they officially did not, but we all know how it works. Um, and never played in that left-back position uh, except for, I think, one Europa League game, which is apparently, to, to in Austini's opinion, the, the moment where Fonseca and, and Spinazzola had a bit of falling out because that's when Fonseca, um, in early January, gave Spinazzola a shot in that left-back position, had him start there uh, against Wolfsburg, and, and the game ended in a draw. Spinazzola was one of the worst ones on the pitch. Um, everybody was horrible, but he was particularly bad. And then in that Inter game, Spinazzola noticed that Santon is 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 ahead of higher him. Yeah. in yeah higher in the ranks than than him. That's and that's probably not okay by any sort of uh, good player, right? To know that you're behind Santon um, at his at this stage in his career, so. That's where the falling out took place. Um, I just don't think... Do, I liked Spinazzola, and we discussed him at length when we signed him. I I liked what I what I saw in, in the games that he did not get injured in. It seems like he, he, never, he never did really have like a big serious injury here that kept him out for a long time. He always had like these minor things he would get tired yeah. uh, really easily so he would come off at like the 70th minute or something it's and it always nagged him and he would like miss a game or two um and i can name like maybe a couple of decent performances the one against napoli uh, that comes to mind 
and I think he can be good in in a proper in a proper game plan that suits him. Here, it clearly did not work because he's expendable. That's that's the conclusion that they took. So, and to your to answer your question, do I think they will bring in somebody there? I, you know, the, a big big part of me doubts it because I've seen Kolarov and sort of his reputation here. It seems like he's untouchable. And, you know, also, what is our financial situation? What can we afford? Who who can we go for? Because if you have to go for the Jonathan Silva type of player who's going to play like peanuts uh, in the following months, then there is no reason to, to make a move, you know? Um, that's my... That's what I think, is that if you have Santon, the, the thinking is if you have Santon... If you have Bruno Perez, you have Florenzi, who you know is sort of the jolly we call him, so he can basically play anywhere. That's apparently the 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 the, the thinking the, that has been put into motion in the last few years. Then I don't see us make a move there. The Filippo Biafora reported over the last few days that the intention is still there. Yeah, it's 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 a very particular moment. It, it feels like again that. The injury to Zaniolo really, really did change things. Let's talk about Kolarov for a moment, though, because, and maybe you disagree with this, but in my opinion, um, I think not having another option there is a big, big problem. And it's not even from the motivational standpoint, him knowing that he's the first choice without any sort of um, competition behind him. For me, his level, particularly at the back, yes, obviously we all love the free kick goals, but I think his level at the back has dropped dramatically. And we saw it against Juve. These mistakes that he makes are yeah. oh man, they're maddening at times, especially for a, a player of his caliber. Now, is that due to fatigue and his age? And, and his, his age, age. Right, those are right. those are rookie mistakes he makes, like yeah, without any effort put in. So with him, I mean. I would think we all agree that him playing 90 minutes every single match has turned into a big problem now, right? To me, yes. Obviously, the answer is yes, because, um, you know, obviously tomorrow uh, he's he's not going to be there. He's disqualified. No, sorry, that's uh, I missed the. That's Jeco against Genoa. That, that, that yeah, and that's and also that's Genoa. That's he's missing the Genoa game along with Florenzi. So uh, obviously, in those situations, they're going probably to see Santon, um, maybe Setin. Setin was Fonseca said it that Setin he can see Setin playing as a right back. Um, that he has you know a decent a decent footwork. So. That's that's probably going to be the lineup against Genoa um, with Bruno Perez on the bench. But I I, I want to say I, I I hope they 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 finally find someone who's who's decent enough to to give give color of some problems because after the some of the performances when he's bad he's shockingly bad right oh, and that's true. and and he costs you. He, it's not like he's shockingly bad and he vanishes off the pit. No, he's shockingly bad and he makes costly mistakes. And Roma can't have that at this point. You know, you, you have two losses. You have to pick yourself up. You cannot, you know, you you, you just have to have uh, uh, players that 
worry what happens to the ball. And Kolarov just when he's bad, it seems like he couldn't give a damn. And um, man, you know, I I'm probably one of the many people that will say this, but I miss Emerson so mm. much. Yeah. Oh man, I what a player he was. Um, definitely not the same player now, but it's just something that keeps bringing me back to that guy, and I I would do anything to have him back on this team. Yeah, absolutely. Particularly knowing he's not getting many minutes at Chelsea at the moment. Um, exactly. So, real quick, just going back to the match, let's discuss that very briefly. Um, Roma go down 2-0, to zero, and then it seemed like Juve completely turned off. Roma, in my opinion, they had opportunities. Dzeko had a big chance. Um, Lorenzo Pellegrini, I thought, alongside Kolarov, was without question the worst on the pitch. I thought Veretu was also very bad. His individual mistake in the beginning. I, I I don't know what it is, but Paul Lopez keeps giving him those passes. <laughs> he keeps uh Veretu keeps right. making a meal yeah. of them. Yeah, Bill that that should change. It seems like Paul Lopez has the instruction to just give it to Veretu any anytime he has the ball at his feet. Um never looks for anybody else, although if you look at some of the screenshots from that situation, he had the number of options out there. Yes. And the, the point is that that was, again, that I told, we, we said it, that, the, that was a Juve game. Juve, to, so I, I, I said this to somebody because after two losses, fans start to, you know, talk shit, um, say stuff that is, to me, is very unreasonable. You know, somebody was arguing that this this whole Fonseca situation is so far is not really working out. That it was overhyped, everything, blah blah blah. <laughs> uh, to me, to me, this this uh, the the Sarri's season with Juve, um, I think Ro- Fonseca's Roma did much better this season than uh, uh, Sarri's Juve. We've seen more from Fonseca's Roma than than from Sarri's Juventus. It's just that the individual level of talent is so much higher at Juve um, in those situations that <laughs> I mean look at all the chances we had um, with Pellegrini just you know kicking it way up high into the stands uh, Juve in those situations have Dybala or they have Ronaldo who basically solved the game for them and so they can afford to switch off and Roma just cannot have those shockingly bad 20, first 20 minutes because in my opinion, the rest of the game was fine. I think like Fonseca, we, we played a good game afterwards. Just that some of those chances, I mean, we could have easily, easily had it at a draw. We could have easily equalized. But the level of, of focus and it just wasn't there. And that that's that's the that's always that's always the tricky part with Juve is that they will always be better than you on an individual level so far yeah and one of the things for me that has been well that was most disappointing particularly in these last two matches has been Pellegrini I I mean he was brilliant against Fiorentina before the break and he has been shockingly bad against Torino and Juve I you would be hard-pressed to find more than a few players who were worse than him I thought he was dreadful in both and with Zaniolo out now for me, Zaniolo is the guy who really bridges the midfield with the attack, particularly with the way he can carry the ball. I would say that's probably one of his biggest strengths is a way he can surge forward. Well, with that aspect gone now, 
I don't know who else is going to bring that sort of uh, dynamic to the team. And really, the number one candidate for for you would choose to do that would be Pellegrini. So is he the one who you think has to show more now, who has to raise his level with Zaniolo up? With Zaniolo out? Because for me, it's got to be him because I, I don't really know who else it could be. No, I mean, it's got to be him because when, when Pellegrini has a good game, the whole team just functions differently. Absolutely. I mean, some of the best of the games of the seasons where we were scoring three, four goals, uh, it was when Pellegrini was having one of those days where everything was just going for him, where he would see open spaces, where he would like be able to really have these amazing plays that you would just rewatch. Um, and when he's off, when he's pressured, when the the spaces aren't there for him to exploit. He becomes useless, and the whole team just becomes this this slow moving machine um, that that just doesn't have an answer. And so, when that happens, you can you you we start to cross the ball. We start to you know look for uh, players that are not there. There is zero service to Jekko. Um, there basically we make a mess of everything. So he has to pick 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 it up. Um, I also I also I, I say it again. I put a lot of pressure on Under. Under has to respond now. Um, he he has to show up. There is no excuse for him not to have a good game tomorrow or not to have a good game against Genoa. It, it, it's a must. Uh, it, it, again, to me, the, 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 these following games are make or break for Under at Roma. It's. It's either you're in or you're out um, because he's had his chances. Now the, the big chance arrives, so he better take it because then he's going to have, uh, you know, the competition from uh, Politano, who, who, as I said, I expect to contribute. Th- those are the pl- players I'm, I'm looking at the most right now. Yeah, so to end it here, I, I did want to ask you about that. So it seems like... The addition of Politano is almost uh, is almost sort of an indictment on how bad Genghis Under has been this entire season and even going into the latter stages of last season. So uh, what are you expecting from him? Because really, I, I feel like with him, he, he just seems like such a moody player that this could go either two ways for him. He can either pout and sulk and say, okay, well, they brought somebody else, and that's fine. Well, I want to go. Or he could really find the necessary motivation out of this. So what are you expecting from him? Because I saw um, I saw um, supporters on social media of other, of other teams um, really having a go at him, his performance, the way he looked. Uh, he does not look fit whatsoever <laughs> compared to the last two seasons. Right. <laughs> so uh, what are you expecting from him? Because really, I, I feel like... For his tenure at Roma, this is, as you just said, this is the 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 pivotal moment. This is the it is colloquial yeah. fork in the road. This can either go one of two ways. Either, as you just said, you're either in or you're out. You're either staying here or you're going. You're yep. with us or against us. Um, what are you expecting? Because I, I I really, frankly, he's been 
shockingly bad this season. Not just bad, just shockingly bad. Lack of effort. We've talked about it in the last podcast. So I really, it's difficult for me to know what I can even expect from this guy. If you would have asked me two seasons ago, um, you would easily say that Jengis is the second most important attacker behind Dead and Jekyll. Now, I, yeah. I don't know what he is. Well, that, right. Um, but I think he knows what's at stake. And um, I mean, seriously, who wouldn't know? Um, you're looking around, you're seeing Mkhitaryan injured, seeing Zaniolo out for the season. Um, you're seeing Perotti playing, but, you know, I mean, yes, thank you for scoring all those penalties, but you know you can you can catch up to him. You're looking at Clivert. Um, has been injured now back into the team. Uh, still, he's going to probably get benched. Um, so this is your chance. And you know you've shown flashes of brilliance. But now it's the chance to convince a new manager because Con- Fonseca defini- definitely has not been convinced by Cengiz whatsoever. I, he, even in, in the preseason it's clear that Fonseca just prefers Clivert, and and it's it's for him. It's it, the the answer is obvious between the two. But now it's the chance to maybe you know um, show show up, uh, show what you can do because Chang is, if he wants to, he can be that player. You know, he can be big time and. Um, his outside shot is missed. Uh, him just making those goals that really make a difference is missed. Um, just his presence, this this unpredictability, uh, his his footwork that that's what Roma needs. This Roma team that seems lethargic uh, with Pellegrini not being up to it in the last couple of games. Uh, a Roma team that comes off two losses needs desperately to win these these next games um to to stay in the position that they want to stay in to 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 compete so it's a must and again another good thing about the signing of politano you're signing somebody that actually has an outside shot um yes. you know you you don't have to go to highlight reels just to remember that some of Poli- politano's best goals are 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 from outside the box uh some people like to you know some interisti like to call him the the italian robin you know as a <laughs> as a joke but that's because he always likes to he's that kind of player that like a bit like papu gomez or insigne to a certain degree that likes to cut in on his favorite side and then bam you know into the corner the ball goes and um so that's a welcomed addition because this Roma team, with Jekko not getting anything, um, and with what he's getting, he's been missing everything. Um, this Roma team desperately needs some answers up front. De- desperately. I mean, one of the most dangerous players in that Juve game was Cristante, who came off after two and a half months of, of injury. So that says a lot. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, All right, so that's where we're going to end it. Roma play in the Coppa Italia tomorrow, and then they have Genoa um, at the weekend. So busy next few days. We will be back after the match at the weekend against Genoa. So uh, as always, everybody, thank you so, so much for listening. And until next time, ciao. Ciao.